All right. Well, uh, I like to show that video kind of on Sundays because it gives a, a quick intro to our ministry, um, so I don't have to dive back into it for people who have heard it before. Um, so I hope that that kind of gives you a good idea of what we do, um, like just to kind of, I guess, summarize our ministry because it is so weird. Uh, we, we really just partner with parents. We're, we're co-parenting their kids with them, um, providing a safe uh, Christian atmosphere for them to grow in, um, where they can grow socially and grow in education at the school. Um, and uh, like my wife so eloquently said, uh, our ministry kind of at its core is uh, our lives on display for these kids. Um, the highs, the lows, uh, when we're, when, when God's speaking to us, uh, when there's silence and we're just seeking his face, kind of every, all the facets of, of walking with God, um, are, are on display. All the facets of marriage and parenting are on display for these girls. Um, and so that requires a lot of, I feel like, honesty, um, and just kind of telling the girls where we're at and, and not sugarcoating life for them. Um, obviously not telling them <laughs> the, the awful parts of life, but, you know, they, they see that, they experience that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of our ministry as we're co-parenting with these parents. Um, yeah, so uh, I think there's a clicker here. Can I go? This is my uh, family. Um, my wife, Amber, is next to me, and then she's holding our youngest, Declan, who is almost two, and then Beckett is our oldest in the middle. He's seven, and then Reese to his, it's my right, is that y'all's right? Yep, uh, he is five. Um, they are a lot of fun. Um, Beckett had his first basketball game yesterday. Uh, I missed that, which was pretty tough, but uh, I got some videos, and he is um, heartbreakingly so. He's the weird kid on the basketball court, <laughs> dancing, and <laughs> there's a video of him going like this <laughs> at the free throw line when the other team has the ball right next to him. I'm like, oh, no, please do better, please. But, yeah, then I got a video of my dad coaching him up afterwards, so that was nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is um, our dorm. Last year, we had 17 uh, high school girls. Um, and so the way uh, the building is kind of set up, the boys' dorm is on the bottom. Um, then it's the girls' dorm up top. Um, there's a big kitchen, big living room, and then kind of down the halls are their rooms. Uh, and then our apartment is attached, attached to the dorm. So we really do... Uh, basically just do life with these girls. Um, during the day, we're doing grocery store runs. We're taking care of sick kids. We're taking them to the doctors. We're trying to get, you know, <laughs> a few minutes rest before they come back from school and we're fully on. So life, uh, life in the dorm is a lot of fun, um, but it is um, very emotionally draining because you're caring for 17 girls plus our three boys, and uh, 
yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I loved that God had called us to that ministry. Um, yeah. So we move on to uh, this picture. This is uh, the two Senegalese ladies that work in our dorm with us. Um, the lady standing next to Amber, her name is Suzanne, uh, and she is the cleaner of the dorm, so every day she comes in and cleans, and um, as you can imagine, there's a lot to clean after 17 kids living in one space, um, but also being sub-Sahara, uh, there's a lot of dust and sand that kind of comes in, so she definitely has her work cut out for her. Um, and then Yasin uh, is the lady standing next to me, she's our cook. Uh, and Amber will create uh, a menu for the week, uh, breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner, um, and then order the food for that, and then tell Yasin how to, how to cook it. You know, there's recipes and stuff, and so um, Yasin just kind of gets after it in the kitchen all day long. Um, I feel very, very bad for her during hot season because she's in this kitchen with open flames and it's super hot, and there's no AC in the dorm, so <laughs> I'll just walk in, and I'm like, I, I can't talk to you right now. I'm, it's too hot. I'll talk to you later. Um, yeah, but she's, uh, she's really awesome. Uh, I will talk about uh, Yasin more in depth on, on Tuesday night and kind of where she's at. She is, uh, Senegal is primarily, predominantly a Muslim country, depending on who you talk to or what stats you see it's, it's about uh, 93 to about 98% Muslim. Um, and, and a lot of that is cultural. Um, I kind of describe it as, um, I don't know if you guys have this in the north, you might. But uh, in the south, there's this thing that's called uh, Southern Christianity, where you're just kind of born into it. Yeah, I'm a good Christian boy. Um, I go to church on, on Easter and Christmas, and, and that's it. And it's just very cultural. There's no real relationship. Um, and a lot of the Senegalese kind of fall into that. But uh, there's this saying in, in Wolof, which is the main tribe there in Senegal. It's, it's uh, to be Wolof is to be Muslim. So it is very ingrained in everything that they kind of are. Um, and, and so Yasin is, is Muslim, and, and Suzanne is uh, Christian, but uh, I believe that that's probably also a very cultural saying. My husband's a Christian, so I'm a Christian type thing. So um, we were not only trying to, to minister and live out our lives for our girls, we were also trying to, to minister and, and work with our workers as well. So, yeah. Uh, today, I, I would like to dive into 2 Corinthians and, and talk about kind of what Paul was talking about here and um, just kind of talk about a period in our life that um, we really needed God and, and um, kind of had to walk through some very difficult things in front of our girls and hopefully we're able to minister and grow them in their faith as we grew in ours. So... Now let's read. Um, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Uh, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Um, 
I love this verse so much. It has kind of been my verse for for a while now, not just prepping for um, these talks. Uh, I love it so much because uh, I believe that this is kind of the call. I mean, there's many calls to the, the body of Christ, but I think this is something that we can always rely on as the body of Christ, and it's how we can do ministry out of this. Is in our darkest times, when we're down, when we're depressed, when we're going through the roughest periods of our life, we know the Father of all comfort. And we can tap into that. And he fills us to overflowing so that we can then help others who are in the same situation. It's not us helping them. It's the overflow that God is giving us. God is helping them through us. Uh, And that is such a a beautiful, I think, kind of imagery of like spilling out into the community, spilling out into the world through our pain, through our hurt, through our struggles. Um, And if if we skip down even, you know, Paul is writing this in reflection at a point in time where he's reflecting on a ministry that that was unbearable for him. So a few verses later, after he's declared this, after he said, God is the God of all comfort, he comforts us so that we can comfort others, he writes four verses later, brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials we experienced while we were in Western Turkey. All of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure. And we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. It felt like we had a death sentence written upon our hearts and we still feel it to this day. It has taught us to lose all faith in ourselves and to place all of our trust in the God who raises the dead. So Paul's declaring this. He's saying, I was in a ministry. You guys all know I was there in Western Turkey, and it crushed us. It crushed me to the point where I felt like death was written on my heart. I could stand it no longer. And because I couldn't stand it, I lost all faith in myself. and I completely relied on a God who raises the dead, who four verses earlier, he says, is the God of all comfort. You guys know if you were here yesterday, I love Paul. Um, I love that he was so faithful to God through extreme trials. And this is, I feel like, you know, we talk about the shipwreck. We talk about him being imprisoned. And, and I feel like this gets missed some because it's not this grand story. It's this, I was crushed beyond belief in ministry. But there's a God who raises the dead. But there's a God, the God of all comfort, who will fill me so that I can write this to you. So that I can minister out of this. Because there's this God who is amazing. Um. I, I like to go back to this verse, and I don't like to 
leave it on <laughs> the other one because the other one's kind of a Debbie Downer. Um, so as I'm talking today, please feel free to, to, I don't know about you guys, but when there's any like writing up and someone's talking, I, I always kind of glance back over and read it. So that's why I leave this up there is because I want you to beckon back to this and as I'm telling our testimony today about some trials that we've been through. Um, so in the, uh, in the summer of 2018, Amber and I were back in the States, and um, we had, had really wanted a third child. And uh, it just kind of was taking longer than the other two did. And we found out in the summer when we were staying with my parents um, that we were pregnant. And uh, it, it's an extremely special blessing, uh, not only to find out that you're pregnant, but um, as missionaries who live not with your parents uh, or close to them, to be able to tell them face-to-face. You know, FaceTime's awesome. Um, I, I think for, for our middle boy, we found out when we were pregnant, and, and I called my parents at, uh, I think it was like 2 a.m. their time, and woke them up and told them. Uh, and that's a fun memory, but there's something special about being face-to-face and telling someone. So it was this extra blessing on top of it. Um, and so we were, we were extremely excited, and, and it was very close to when we were going back to Senegal. And so we decided we would just wait um, to go back to Senegal to get uh, a sonogram um, and, and see our doctor. I say our, our doctor, but it was, it was Amber's doctor. <laughs> um, and so uh, when we got back to Senegal, we called and set up an appointment, and uh, we didn't get to see our doctor. He was on vacation, so we saw kind of someone else in his office. Um, and when we did the sonogram, uh, it, there was this wonderful blessing that we were further along than we thought, and we got to hear the baby's heartbeat. Um, and I recorded it. I was like, oh, go back, go back. <laughs> Don't skip over that. We didn't realize he was, you know, the baby was this far along. Let me record it. So we recorded it. I sent it to my family, and everyone was, like, so excited. He was telling us the baby's healthy, looks like it's growing very well, um, and it's about seven to eight weeks along. Um, so we scheduled an appointment with, with our actual doctor uh, for 13 weeks. Um, and, and I wanted to kind of just announce it then. I'm like, let's tell everyone I hate sitting on this thing. I know that our dorm girls are going to be thrilled um, they were begging us the year before to have a baby. Um, they wanted a little, a dorm mascot, as they would call him, uh, um, for the dorm that year. Um, so I, I knew there was this expectation of just full-on excitement from them. Um, and, you know, everyone kind of celebrates a, a baby, even if it is your third. Um, so uh, I was, like, begging Amber, can we tell him, can we tell him? And she's like, no, we have to wait till week 12 because... If everything's good by week 12, I guess percentages of a miscarriage goes like super far down. Um, and so we waited until week 12. Um, and we did, we, we do this, this thing on Sunday nights. We don't, because there's Sunday service, we don't have Sunday night devotions. We have a Sunday night activity. Um, and so for that night, we decided to do charades. Uh, and me and Amber had planned to be on separate teams and then pretend like we drew a piece of paper, but we were going to do 
um, this little charades game. And it was going to be, we couldn't think of anything clever or easy. So ours was Maxwell's R5. Um, and that was going to be like our, our thing. And it, and it took way longer than it should have because that's super difficult to act out. Uh, but my team won. My team got it. Um, and and I, I have this vivid memory of, of this girl who was sitting on uh, the armrest of a chair right in front of me. She was on my team, and I was, like, doing these things, and I was like, five, five. 